inside. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Commit liftoff. Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, Doug, how is it going today? Today is Wednesday. Had some... uh, Two SWAT meetings today. I was at one of them. Uh, it was a great meeting. I had to miss a little bit of it because of a phone call from a student, but it was still good well, nonetheless. You, yeah, you came in there. Uh, it was good. It was talking about the war uh, on God yeah. uh, going back thousands of years. And, uh, you know, um, you know, one thing we didn't talk about yesterday is uh, this uh, Colleyville Synagogue attack. Mm. Did, did you... Uh, are you up on that at all? Have you seen anything about that? Um, I know he, the guy who did it wanted to uh, release, I can't pronounce her name, but a lady that was a terrorist who had uh, tried, to, tried to or had killed Americans. Um, he came from Britain, mm-hmm. and uh, he was on the radar of MI5 at the time, but still was somehow managed to get a visa and get into the country. And <laughs> yeah. yet the FBI said, oh, well, we don't know his motive. Uh, we don't think this is any sort of religious, uh, there's any religious component to it. Uh, they had to then walk that back and say, well, yeah, okay, he did target a Jewish synagogue for a reason. Um, but, yeah, know a little bit about it, know that uh, everyone was able to come out safe and that uh, the terrorist was killed. So um, what else well, what am I missing? Well, well, no. Well, here's what's interesting. Um, by the way, Al Moeller is going to be at Sunrise Community Church at Atlantic Beach on Sunday. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's going to be speaking there, and so um, if you want to join them, um, give me just a second, uh, because uh, it's, uh, again, Sunrise Community Church uh, out at uh, Atlantic Beach, and I'm going to tell you the address real quick, because I just didn't have it pulled up. I was sitting here thinking about it. Uh, It is uh, 298 Aquatic Drive, Atlantic uh, Beach, Florida, and that's here in Jacksonville. If you're in the Jacksonville area, St. Augustine, or uh, even uh, folks in Georgia, Sunrise Community Church, uh, and uh, he will be sharing there, uh, just preaching, bringing the message, and I think he might even be doing one of the Sunday schools, uh, um, 9 o'clock. He's going to be there in 1030. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, he might be uh, interesting to go ask him some questions because, you know, he does the briefing every day. But in, on the briefing, he was talking about how many Muslims have moved into London, mm. into Paris and Brussels. And how normally, you know, when you move into a country, you assimilate into that country. But instead, what these Muslim communities have done is they've created a parallel culture which is what we're seeing in America in a lot of places now. Yeah, you're we're talking se- about like Dearborn. Yeah, you're, yeah, in Michigan up there, you're seeing basically people instead of assimilating into American culture, and that's really kind of one of the messages that has come out of progressive liberals is, well, that you know what we, uh, you know, we don't need to um, try to make everybody be American, which mm-hmm. is absurd because that's 
what we are here. This is an American country. It's the United States of America. This is our country, right? And so uh, people who move here generally have to learn to speak English because that's the primary way of communicating and learn American culture and fit into American culture. It doesn't mean they can't express themselves individually. And they have to accept the the underlying structure, the morals that have been what made this country uh, able to exist for so long, which is basically a Judeo-Christian, uh, fundamental, uh, fundamentally a Judeo-Christian underpinning mm-hmm. of the culture. And that's really what the biggest issue is. There's different values of, say, uh, you know, a Muslim uh, community than there is uh, for a Christian community. Yeah, well, what a lot of people may not know is when he came here, the guy who was killed was not an American citizen. He was a British citizen. Mm -hmm. And he was here, and he was um, saying the name of a woman who's in prison on terrorism charges over and over, wanting her to be released. Saying it was his sister. Yes. She's a kind of, her cause has been picked up uh, pretty much uh, worldwide. Um, So it's not a surprise, really, that he's... Uh, been talking about her yeah she was arrested over in afghanistan 15 Mm -hmm. years ago um but a lot of people are talking about her and she was a student and very smart but uh she became radicalized and um you know they they she ended up getting arrested and in prison but this guy comes over here from london i mean and comes over here with the express purpose of trying to get her freed or to hurt somebody or take the, you know, to go in. And the more striking thing to me was, was the initial statement by the FBI Mm -hmm. was, oh, this had nothing to do with Jews or the fact that it was a synagogue. And Biden said, well, we can't really know his motives. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's so um, I, I just think that, again, we're in a state of really, confusion and in a lot of ways. you know what else they did there was a uh, uh, you know biden had a statement harris had a statement and in both of them they said we need to decry jewish uh, you know attacks on jewish people and without talking about the attacker and and i felt like it was almost as if they were trying to lead people to believe that it was some sort of neo-nazi attack or something rather mm-hmm. than you know what it really was which was i thought was disingenuous but well the new york times which is not a conservative uh newspaper uh, basically ran an article yesterday with a headline officials investigating synagogue attackers linked to the 2010 terror case uh, summarized the fact that um, that lady has spent 12 years in a prison after being convicted of trying to kill an American soldier and plotting to blow up the Statue of Liberty. That's what she's there for. And so, um, and there's people that still demand her release and, and, and that want to create some kind of terroristic plot uh, to come over here and try to get her freed. And, uh, well, so, and, and you know, if you, well, first off, if you are uh, a Muslim, these people, you know, we call them radicals, but really they're holding to orthodoxy, I would say, better than our traditional Islam is uh, dictated in, you know, in the 1600s better than other people maybe are. So... There's a reason for that. But also, if you're a progressive-minded uh, individual, America's not a great place, right, and deserves a lot of different things. So she can still be seen through that lens as a hero for the marginalized and the, uh, and the oppressed. And I think that's why she's a, you know, a, a celebrity kind of 
cause for a lot of people. Well, she is, but we're not talking about something like, oh, an impulsive, uh, I got mad at somebody in traffic who cut me off. You're talking about evil, a planned terror attack designed to take life, designed to hurt people, you know, and, and it's evil. It's just flat out evil. And, you know, so much of the stuff that we see, we don't even know what's true. We don't know what's being told, but people have pretty much forgotten about terrorism. Have you, have you noticed that in our culture? Mm -hmm. We've kind of, we, we've kind of been lulled into a period again where something like this pops up on the scene and people don't even bat an eye at the fact that this was a guy who came over here from Britain. <laughs> this is not even a, a cell guy. This is a guy who shouldn't even have been allowed to get in the country. Mm-hmm. And he gets over here and he takes these people hostage. Fortunately, nobody was killed out there yeah. except for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and right after it happened, I just remember seeing on one of the news channels, somebody holding up a sign saying, we're all Muslim. (laughs) Like in other words, you know, because this guy did something, they're afraid there's going to be a backlash against Muslims. And, you know, again, this guy was a terrorist who was trying to create some kind of carnage, uh, destruction, pain, whatever you want to call it, to draw attention to the fact that he yeah. wanted this lady out of prison. And, you know, that's been a, a deflection since 9-11 um, to say, oh, you know, you know, we don't want to backlash against the Muslim community um, and to say, you know, things like we are all Muslims. But by and large, that uh, feared, uh, you know, retaliation never materialized in, in the way, in America uh, like like it was claimed that it was. And I, to me, I feel like it's a little bit of a, a deflection from what actually happened. Uh, and it plays well because of how most people uh, now have been brought up to, to think and believe about America, which is that it's bad and that it's evil. So when something like this happens, uh, when you say something like we are all Muslims, it, oh, yeah, well, you know, America's done a lot of bad things, too. And, you know, we, we can't really uh, cast judgment on this action. You know, and it, it's it's uh, it's kind of a transparent, you know, uh, tactic, but it's one that is pretty effective. Well, uh, he, you know, he, uh, Mueller also talked about this term Latinx. Have you heard no. that? Yeah. Uh, explain yeah. to our listeners what Latinx is. Uh, it is something that comes mainly from, you know, the left or from academia, and it's to gender neutralize um, Latino or Latina. And so <laughs> they say Latinx, 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 uh, something uh, to that effect. And it's really not something that's popular with true latin people but it's something that has been trying to be mainstreamed well uh it they're what they're trying to do again it has to do with sexual preference or sexual gender Mm -hmm. and and, uh, uh, this week we're talking about truth and we're talking about walking in truth and loving in truth and um you know there's people that are going to be upset yesterday we mentioned uh what's going on in canada and uh, just a week ago, they passed a law in Canada that if you preach about biblical marriage or you preach about biblical uh, roles for male and female, uh, that you could actually be in prison for up to five years. And so uh, it's really important for us as believers 
to know the truth and walk in the truth. We're going to talk about that from Second John when we come back. All right, so make sure you stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That is Nobody by Casting Crowns. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. A pretty good uh, title for what we're talking about today, right? The name goes with the topic of the week, which is Walking in Truth. We are looking at Second John, um, the letter, the full letter, uh, not very long. We read it yesterday um, and just talking about what it means to walk in the truth and, and to do so in love in the world in which we live in today. Yeah. Um Listen, uh, we uh, we were talking yesterday about uh, the New Roman uh, Catholic uh, Catechism and uh, where uh, it specifically stated that uh, heathen are saved if they live a good life. They don't have to believe in Jesus. And it was the Vatican II uh, back in 1962. Uh, where that was said, and we also... you want me to read the yeah, yeah, section? Yeah, yeah, you can. Those who, through no fault of their own, do not know the gospel of Christ or his church, but who nevertheless seek God with a sincere heart and moved by grace, try in their actions to do his will as they know it through the dictates of their conscience, those two may achieve eternal salvation. Well... Which is different than the Council of Trent, right? Which yeah. said that every Catholic, or if you weren't a Catholic, you were basically outside the church and going to hell. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep, uh, it, it's it, and uh, again we also Paul, John Paul II said all who live a just life will be saved even if they do not believe in Jesus Christ. These two statements, both the Catechism and that statement by John Paul II, are in de- direct contradiction to scriptural truth, both from uh, John fourteen six, Acts four twelve, and many others that talk about. Only through Jesus and fourteen six, obviously, uh, probably the most poignant. Just Jesus saying, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one 
No one comes to the Father except through me. Which which do you think is the uh, worst error by the Catholic Church to say like Lutherans and and um, you know anyone who's not Catholic is going to hell, like the Council of Trent or Vatican II to say, hey, well, you know, if you live a good life, then you know you're probably going to get there. <laughs> you know which which side of the ditch, you know, which ditch is the worst one? Would you say? Um, you know, I I don't know. I just think that to I, I think for for anybody to say. Paul said in Galatians, if you pervert the gospel, if you give a, a different gospel than the one we preached, you're cursed. Mm. You know, you, you should be accursed. That means basically condemned to hell. That's what he's talking about. And and that's why it's so important for us to not let our allegiance lie with a person or with a, a teaching that is somehow grounded outside of God's word. And for the longest time, and this was one of the problems with the, and this is why the Reformation came, people didn't have the copies of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. They couldn't read the scriptures. And you have people today that that have access to the scriptures that don't read the scriptures. Yeah. But they suffer from the same things they did back then. If you don't know the truth, if you don't know the Bible, in its context, then um, then you're uh, easy prey for wolves in sheep's clothing or people who come along and teach in error. You know, this morning at SWAT, I made a, a statement. Uh, I was teaching, and I was so focused on the context of what I was teaching that, um, and I'd forgotten about a New Testament verse. There's only one it contradicts the statement I made. Like mm. if you were just to look at the Old Testament passage, you would think, well, uh, that guy's not a believer. That guy's not a true person of faith. He's not a member of God's family. But there's a New Testament passage in Second Peter that is very clear and direct that he was a righteous man. He was God's man. Well, I made the statement that – I countered him with a, a righteous man mm. and and said that, you know, he represented Satan and he didn't. Well, you can't say that about a righteous man. And one of the SWAT guys, being a good Berean, said, whoa, you said to always point out if you're wrong. Mm. And so he said in Second Peter, and he took me to that place, and I go, wow, you're right. I, I was. I forgot about that. And, and immediately it came to mind. What he was say, what he, when he mentioned the the uh, address, I knew where he was going, and because of what I'd been saying, and I, I realized I was so focused on the the Old Testament context of what I was reading that I forgot about God's New Testament statement. And sometimes God will make a statement that gives you amplification about something that you may not know in the Old Testament. So you really, you have to know all of Scripture. It's a totality of Scripture. That's why you can't take it out of context. But, you know, Pope Francis has been saying things, too, lately mm-hmm. that many consider blasphemous and heresy. Um, and I, I just think uh, when you listen to people that are supposed to represent the leadership of a particular group of believers, which the popes do, um, you know, uh, you, you, if they say something wrong and you say that everything they say is infallible, <laughs> there's a problem there. Um, and, and that's how, believe it or not, when the pope declared that Mary was without stain of original sin, that was not biblical teaching. 
It's not biblical teaching. Mary is blessed as the mother of Jesus, but she's a sinner just like everybody else. Um, she needs Jesus just like everybody else. And there are many here in the world today who don't believe that. And so we have to be willing to walk in the truth. It's not loving to let people believe a lie when you know it's not the truth. Uh, just for the sake of relationship, if a relationship's based on affirming a lie, it's not a good relationship. Mm-hmm. And so as we look at this text, you read it yesterday, you're going to read it again today, Second John really deals with this idea of walking in love and to, I mean, walking in truth and, and to, to walk in truth, you have to know the truth. And so just read verses one through six. We'll take it a little, it will go little by little. So verses one through six, read one through six real quick. And we're going to look at what it, God calling us to walk in the truth, what that means. All right. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but all who know the truth, because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with you, well, excuse me, will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the, from the beginning. So, Oh, wait, so, so that you should walk in it. Sorry. Yeah, so he tells us to walk in it. He, he tells us to walk in truth and to walk in love. And, and he defines what biblical love is. And what did he say? In verse, uh, he tells us down there what it means to walk in love. You want me to read it again? Yeah, yeah, just the last oh, part. And this is and this is love that we walk according to His commandments. Yeah, right there. He says this is love. So it's not loving if somebody's walking outside of His commandments, and you don't say anything. That's not mm-hmm. loving. It, it may on the surface appear loving, but it's not loving. Five times in the first four verses, the word for truth is used. The Greek word means reality. And so Hmm. we live in a culture Hmm. right now that says that you can be a man, even though your DNA and God created a woman, a female. And we have certain segments in the church that are affirming that. Yes. And trying to use this book, the Bible to do so. Yes. And, um, you know, and so when, when you are silent, it's it's like consent. If you are sitting there and somebody's talking to you about that, and and you don't say you don't represent the truth, and you have an opportunity to, and you're God's kid, then you're in sin. I mean, you 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 have a responsibility morally, socially, sp- spiritually, to care for the brother. If he was driving toward a bridge that was out, you would warn him. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's doing spiritually. Um, you know, the, uh, <laughs> I just think that to some of the things that are said by religious leaders today, spiritual leaders, uh, I could never see Paul or Peter or James or John making these kind of statements. Uh, uh, you know, uh, 
this is Pope Francis, just to give another quote. And he, this is, uh, he was asked about same-sex marriage. This is what his quote was. Religion has the right to give an opinion as long as it is in service to the people. The religious minister does not have the right to force anything on anybody's private life. If God in creation ran the risk of making us free, who am I to get involved? We condemn spiritual harassment that takes place when a minister imposes directives, conduct, and demands in such a way that it takes any freedom away from the other person. God left the freedom in our hands. I insist that our opinion about the marriage between two people of the same sex is not based on religion, but on anthropology. This is what he said. That was mm-hmm. a direct quote. And um, and that that is why, you know, I asked you about which error was worse, the Council of Trent or Vatican II. That's why Vatican II is, in my opinion, worse. I would rather take someone who is serious about what the Bible says and maybe be faulty in their reading of it than someone who says, uh, well, you know, everything's relative because the person who is at that point with relativity and tr- still trying to hold uh, Christian, you know, say that they're a Christian, they're eventually going to lead to a place where they say, you know what, the other Christians who w- want to take the Bible seriously, you know, th- they're being, they're being bad. They're being mean. They're being hurtful. We need to do something to, to silence them. And, and kind of that type of statement right there, that misunderstands uh, what marriage is, the the first institution uh, laid uh, by God himself, like that's that's troubling. Well, it, it is to say that you don't get involved. And I was, I was, I'm looking in Ezekiel uh, because there's a verse in Ezekiel where I, I'm pretty sure it's Ezekiel where um, God says, oh, it is, it's Ezekiel 9, where um, basically, people are told to go through the cities, pass through the city, and it says, through Jerusalem, put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and groan over the abominations that are committed in it. You're not supposed to be un- 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 you know, uninvolved in- and when people are going against God. Yes, they got the freedom to do it, but you have a responsibility to speak truth also in love. Yeah, and just because they have the freedom to do it doesn't mean that you're supposed to affirm that. Yes, we don't affirm it. Yeah, That's the difference. Yeah, well, we're going to pick up there when we get back from the break, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk, and you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. to SWAT Radio. That was Rescuer by Ren Collective. If you are just joining us just before the break, we were talking about um, the Pope and his comments on uh, homosexuality, uh, homosexual marriage, um, and really what was kind of troubling to me to that is, uh, about that is that he was buying into the presuppositions of 
of the world, right? And I think he's not the only one who does it. There's plenty of people in the church and even in the evangelical church, even pastors who buy into um, that way of thinking about, you know, the church being a, a or excuse me, the, uh, about marriage being a social construct. And so in that way, um, you know, well, you know, they're, well, should we have gay marriage or not? And not realizing that marriage is actually an institution ordained by God and he sets out what it is and what it means. And, and the reality is gay people, quote unquote, uh, have always been allowed to get married because marriage is between a man and a woman. And what you were seeing is a redefinition of that. And so for the Pope to kind of play into that mode of thinking is, is sad, not really that uh, surprising with him, but it is also something that the, the church at large in America has, has bought into as well. Well, uh, you know, again, and, and I, I keep saying some of these quotes because I want people to realize that if this is the spiritual leader of the whole movement, if the leader feels this way and is saying these kind of things, what is filtering down through each of the others? Listen to what he said about atheist. He says, I do not approach the relationship in order to proselytize or convert the atheist. I respect him, nor would I say that his life is condemned because I'm convinced that I do not have the right to make a judgment about the honesty of that person. Every man is made in the image of God, whether a believer or not. Well, And see how that sounds? Mm-hmm. That sounds like, yeah, he's a, he's a loving guy, but he's just saying he's, he's not even going to approach him. Listen, let me go on and finish the quote. He says, you ask if the God of the Christians forgives those who do not believe and don't seek faith. Given that this is fundamental, God's mercy has no limits. If he who asks for mercy only does so in contrition and with a sincere heart, the issue for those who do not believe in God is in obeying their own conscience. Now, this is Pope Francis saying this. I mean, did you hear what he just said? The issue is in their own conscience. That is not biblical in any way, shape, or form. That's not truth. And God calls us to know the truth, first of all, and to walk in that truth, which means abiding with him. John seventeen seventeen says, your word is truth. To walk in the truth means to obey it, to permit it to control every area of your life. And so, you know, this paragraph that you just read, verses 1 through 6, opens and closes with an emphasis on obedience. I mean, think about what you just read, even at the very beginning. What you said about, it says, it's from the elder, John, to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, not only I, but all who know the truth, because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. And what did he say in verse 4? I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth. His, that, that means they're, they're obeying the truth. And he goes, not as though I was writing you a new commandment, the one we had from the beginning, that we love one another. This is love that we walk according to his commandments. And so walking in the truth is something that we're all called to. You can't, that's not optional for us. We can't just say, well, 
that's really uncomfortable. And so I don't feel like I have the right to say anything to that person. If you were watching somebody drink a drink that you saw somebody put poison into, you would intervene because you felt like it would physically kill them. Well, there's spiritual poison is worse than physical poison because it, it conditions people, their soul to be able to walk in falsehood, to walk and not give authority to the word of God that it should have. And so what John is doing is he's writing to this lady to say, listen, you are putting up people in your house that are false teachers and you can't even greet them. Don't even give them a hot, don't give them a hospitable greeting because he goes on to say in verses seven through 11, you, it's not just about walking in the truth. You got to stay in the truth, guard the truth. And he gives three warnings. In fact, why don't you read verses seven through 11 now? Because he's, he's warning, he's saying, don't just walk in the truth, stay in the truth, be loyal to God and his word. Go ahead and read. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourself so that you may not lose that we what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching... Do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting, for whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Again, you know we we are uh, we're looking uh, we're looking at you know we've been given some quotes by Pope Francis just because there's so many. Mm. I mean, like th- these are readily accessible on the internet. You can find these out there, but listen to what this. Uh, interview with an Italian newspaper back in uh, two or three years ago in 2018. He was asked by the reporter where bad souls are punished. In other words, you know, is there a hell? And he said, they're not punished. Those who repent obtain forgiveness of God and enter the ranks of souls who contemplate him. But those who do not repent, cannot be forgiven they disappear there is no hell there is just the disappearance of sinful souls Mm. and yeah that that for the pope to say that you know we talked about the infallibility of the pope and um from the catholic perspective i think it they say he's infallible on matters of religion that is a matter of religion right it It is a matter of the faith it's a matter of the word of god um, and it's a it's a direct contradiction. So I can see, you know, where faithful Catholics are, you know, they have a big problem with the Pope. And obviously, you know, you can see why. Well, and and when asked about Muslims, he said, we can't forget that Muslims hold the faith of Abraham. And together with us, they adore the one merciful God who will judge humanity on the last day. So he's saying the Muslims worship the same God we do. Yeah, that's. So, so do, do the Zoroastrians of old, did, did they worship the same God as, uh, as, the, as um, the Jews? I, I, you know, it, it's just really, um, again, he's a man. He's flawed like we all are. But people give the Pope special, you know, uh, 
they give them a special place of infallibility as it relates to scripture, which has allowed things like, again, praying to Mary, um, uh, believing that Mary was without stain of original sin, believing that you can pray to a saint and a saint can hear you. That does not come from the Bible. That comes from a papal bulletin, a papal bull. And those things are not greater than the Bible. They're not, they're, they're, people have given those things authority over the Bible now. And, and it's just really important that if you're listening today, not to get so caught up in the fact that, well, you know what, I've always been raised this way. And, and listen, it doesn't matter whether it's the Pope, whether it's a Baptist preacher in, in uh, you know, Tennessee, or whether it's a Presbyterian minister in South Carolina. <clears throat> it doesn't matter who the teacher is. If they go beyond Scripture and they make statements that are against God's Word, they go directly against, you should run. Yeah, and you definitely should. And I think that's something that was really important. You know, there's a lot of uh, pastors making statements about, uh, you know, whiteness and, and, and things like that. And some have even gone to the extent that says our theology um, is white supremacist, right? Um, like that's that's pretty uh, a pretty bad thing to say. Um, nobody should ever, nobody should ever have to apologize for their skin color. Now, because your skin color you have nothing to do with. God created everybody the way he created them. And you have nothing to do with your skin color. Now, if if you want to apologize because there were things that were done that hurt people, because per, certain people held a belief system that said because we are a, one skin color, we're better, then if, if you feel like you you know somebody has done that and you want to say, I'm sorry that happened to you or to people that you know, that's one thing, but it's an it, but but it's completely different to say we need to own our whiteness. And to say that's, that, that's saying that you have to own you, you you have to say well listen you know what because I'm white this happened. Yeah, and to say that the very theology of the Christian <clears throat> Church in America is white supremacist, um, yeah that that doesn't fly. And you can be great on every other aspect of the gospel, but. When you're talking about that, what that leads, what's that going to lead to uh, if you further that out all the way? White supremacy is bad. Mm-hmm. So that, that would say that the church and the theology of the church, um, you know, the, the true. I, yeah, I would just say that that is going to lead people astray. And I would say probably eventually lead people to apostasy. So those type of issues are serious issues. And, and someone can be great on so many other things, but if they're letting this uh, this cancer of really racism seep into their thinking and their way of talking um, without talking about it biblically, I, I would run from that. Yeah, I, I think so. Well, you know, uh, in this text you read, there's three warnings, verse 8, verse 9, and verse 10. And uh, a warning in verse 8 of going back, he's saying, be careful Uh, Because false teachers are going to offer you something that you don't have when in reality they're going to take away what you already have by getting you distracted. 
And Nate, so he warns against going back. When we come back, we're going to look at verse 9 and 10, and we'll kind of tie it up, and people can call in if they want. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I'll never win this war. I can never be, never be free without you. I can never be, never be me without you. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are talking about the truth and walking in the truth, looking at Second John, uh, the letter of Second John. Today, well, today is the last day. I guess we're looking at it. Short week. Uh, feels like a Tuesday, but it's actually Wednesday. Um, we are going to be finishing up here and would love to have you uh, call, uh, call in to join the discussion. If you would like to do so, you can do that at one 777 swat Again, that's one 777 Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, um, hey, I wanted to let everybody know people have been asking about Graham Sykes, Brad Sykes' grandchild, uh, had successful surgery today, and uh, I guess the baby's doing okay. Uh, I think uh, I just got a photo, said that it was successful, Mm. so that's good. Thank you, folks, for praying. Continue to pray for Graham and uh, Ben and Rachel, uh, Sykes and Brad and his family. So, um, um, thank you folks for praying. We prayed this morning and again at lunch and uh, we'll continue to lift them up in prayer and, um, also pray for our brother Gil and our brother Joshua, Jeff, uh, out there as they continue their battle, uh, with cancer, just lift them up. And, uh, we prayed for them today as well. And, uh, I'm just so grateful to have those guys part of SWAT, um, Hey, if you're listening up in uh, in Virginia and uh, your church ha- has a men's ministry going up there, sh- shoot me an email to Doug at SWATradio.com. Um, in Meridian, Mississippi, too, WMER, we're looking at doing a SWAT night on the road, uh, both in Virginia and Mississippi sometime in 2022. So just shoot me a, uh, an email at Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWAT com, 
and we'll try to coordinate. Uh, I would love to get you involved with that where it's just a night. Guys can come out. We'll have some kind of catered meal and just a, a night of uh, kind of going through the SWAT core values and talking about how important it is for us to walk in the truth and stay in the truth this year. So, um, Doug at SWATradio.com, love to hear from you and uh, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, Taylor, I want to go back to verse 9 real quick in chapter uh, well, uh, uh, Second John. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. He warns first about going back in verse 8. In verse 9, he warns about going ahead. Uh, he's warning about basically going beyond the limits of God's word. And he says, verse 9, everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ doesn't have God. And what he's saying is, the word, it literally means to run too far ahead, to get ahead beyond the limits of Scripture. It's kind of a false progress. And um, apostates want you to believe they're progressive, right? They're mm-hmm. like, and you hear statements like, you know, the church is stuck in the past. They're too dogmatic, too patriarchal, too traditional, uh, you know, we need to move beyond that. In fact, there have been some very well-known Bible teachers, people mm. that were very popular in our culture and the church, Christian subculture, that have said that they've done studies of the Bible. And the homosexuality in the Bible is different from the homosexuality here. Uh, it, it's a different, it was different, like, it wasn't codified in their land the way it is here. It wasn't recognized by their authorities, which is ludicrous. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it's just, again, a progressive view, and they go ahead. And, in fact, they even invite you to deconstruct your old faith and join them in this new thing. It's new and exciting. Listen, if somebody comes to you with new teaching about the Bible that has never been known before, you better run. Yeah. Or it's been in the past labeled as a heresy, right? Yes. Yes. You you need to run because um, it's not from God. I mean, God, God told us in his word that the same people for thousands of years has, have followed, the true believers have followed his word. They believe in his truth. It, it, and now in every generation and every, you know, century, there's false doctrines that basically are just old false doctrines repackaged. It's the same stuff, you know. And so we have to be on guard. That's why the church is the guardian of truth. Paul said that in First Timothy 3.15. <clears throat> and so as we look at this warning, the second warning is not to go ahead, but there's a third warning in verses 10 through 13. And what he warns there is he's warning this family not to accept false teachers. He's warning them and the, those who meet in their church in the house not to fellowship with them and give them hospitality. And you go, wow, that sounds cold. Why would you do that? Well, hospitality was an important part of the church back then. And there were I mean, there, there just weren't very many places. It wasn't like they had holiday inns and stuff. The the inns back then were a lot of times places where prostitutes would be or mm-hmm. they would have criminals there, gangs. There would be a lot of stuff going on. Evil influences the world. So, the you know, the, the church was opened. 
uh, was encouraged to open up their homes, I mean, to visitors. And so uh, believers who would open up their homes to these traveling itinerant teachers would actually be sharing and partnering with them in the truth. And so, um, you know, but people who help false teachers are assisting them and partnering with them. So um, the doctrine of Jesus is the test of truth. It is the basis for fellowship with people and a bond for how we co- cooperate. So that's why you, you're not equal, unequally yoked with somebody, and, and you don't let people come in to your home and take their stuff, giving them the impression that what they're peddling you is okay, whether they're Jehovah's Witness or Mormons, it doesn't matter, or any other cult or anybody teaching anything other than the teachings of Christ. If somebody is teaching... Don't take it and read it and go, well, I just want to learn what they say. No. And I've used this illustration before. When I was in the Bureau, when you learn how to spot a counterfeit bill, it's because you studied the real thing. You don't study the counterfeit bill. You study the real thing. So when you see a counterfeit, you know it. Mm. And so we should study the Bible. We know the Bible. You don't have to know what Mormonism teaches. You don't have to. No, and listen. If you're going into to live in Salt Lake City and you want to learn what they believe, that's one thing as a missionary. But I'm talking about even then, the focus should not be on learning all the things they believe. The focus should be on studying God's Word. If you know the truth, when somebody presents something other than that truth, you're able to recognize it. And that's, he's saying... When these people come around, don't even give them a greeting, not even say goodbye, Uh, which in their day was like, God be with you. God Mm. bless you. So why was John so like, like emphasizing this? Because he didn't want any of God's children to give a false teacher the impression that their doctrine was acceptable. He didn't want to give them any indication at all that what they were doing was okay And he didn't want to be associated. Like, for instance, what they would do is they would go stay at your house, Taylor. And then they'd come to my house in the next city and say, oh, you know, Taylor over in Jacksonville? Well, he let us stay there. And, you know, Mm. oh, okay. So if Taylor let them stay there, then they must be good. So, you know, they'd stay in my house. And they would use that to leapfrog and go house to house. And he's saying, no. If they're teaching any doctrine that is different than the gospel that we presented, don't let them stay in and don't even give them a greeting. Um, and and he just finishes his letter by saying, and he does the same thing in Third John, saying, listen, there's a lot more I'd like to write, but I want to talk to you in person. I want to talk to you face-to-face. And so I want to kind of conclude with this, and then we can take calls, and we can talk more about it on Friday too. Um J.C. Ryle was a champion for truth over in England. He wrote a book called Warnings to the Church, and he said, there's one thing worse than controversy in the church, and that is false doctrine that is tolerated, allowed, and permitted without any protest or, or any kind of you know fighting against it. And he acknowledged that a lot of people would not like what he said, and he said, but there's three things that we ought never to trifle with or mess around with. One is a little poison. Two is a little false doctrine. And three is a little sin. Mm. 
We need to get away from those things. And I thought that's, that's a good quote. Because really, going back to what we said at the very beginning, you can't have love without truth. There is no such thing as love without truth. And I think that's what leads to a lot of problems as people think it's loving just to keep their mouth shut when somebody is espousing a false doctrine or a false truth. And even whether it's the LGBTQ thing or whether it's, you know, a transgender swimmers, whatever, you know, yeah. somebody, well, somebody says in front of you, well, you know what? I think they should be able to swim in that. Uh, ask him a question. Use the tactics book, you know. Mm. Well, why do you think that? Well, yeah, what, what makes you think it's okay for a, a person who has the DNA of a man to compete against a person with the DNA of a woman and you think that's fair? Yeah. And, you know, I think, too, that you really – I like, you know, how you said that that word there, truth, was reality, right? We're arguing not just uh, as a society but as a church about what the truth is, what it means. So now talking about standing in reality, I think, or uh, uh, being in reality, I think that's good a good way to look at it because definitions are trying to be changed even in the church, and so we need to stand uh, with the truth and on the truth, and that what the, what is the truth? That is what uh, is real, What the reality of what, uh, God has said to us. So, um, something, you know, you know, I think we're, we got to stand for the truth, got to stand in reality because, uh, the church needs it right now. Yeah, it does. All right. That is all the time we've got for hey, t- tomorrow. Dr. Lee Merritt. Yes. Uh, sure coronavirus doctor who knows all, I mean, she's one of the most well-studied doctors on that, that I know. And she's going to be our guest tomorrow. Dr. Lee Merritt talking about coronavirus vaccine and uh, Omicron. All right. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual